Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie, and I'm Sushi. So we're seeing off 2020, and to wrap up this season of Design Lota, we asked you to share your thoughts and questions related to mental health for creatives. And we got a whole lot of them. We spoke to a mental health expert, a creative, and a couple of resource people to understand the picture better. Before we get into it, we wanted to share a couple of points. This episode is about those factors, issues, habits and mindsets that affect our mental health negatively and what we can do about that. If you find that practical tips and changes in your work and schedule have not helped you and you continue to face serious anxiety, depression or any other mental health issue that keeps you from handling your day-to-day life and work, please get help. Feel free to DM us and we'll do our best to connect you to the resources that can help. And if you're facing an issue that we have not covered, please DM us and we'll try and point you to resources and people that can help you. Looking through the responses, we could find a pattern of where the factors that affect us come from. There are factors that are external, right? Like difficult people, workplace issues, social media. Uh, some of those are what we will be covering in part 1. that's this episode and in part 2 we will cover those internal factors like identity imposter syndrome and how to invest in your mental health uh, one of the big effects of 2020 has been all about dealing with uncertainty ambiguity and feeling completely out of control in general and that's what a lot of responses we got pointed at right yeah concerns about having an elderly parent with covid being around and how remote meetings are causing fatigue feeling out of control with too many responsibilities when you're working from home and also the whole financial instability so in general a very very uncertain year yeah i i cannot tell you how unprecedented it is like nobody in our generation or living memory has ever gone through something like this before like none of us have right and it's so strange how we're all expecting ourselves to be put together and uh, functional <laughs> we're not supposed to be put together and functional that's nitya nitya is a theater artist and the co-founder of heart it out an initiative committed to making mental health care accessible we're supposed to be freaking out and feeling lonely and scared and upset and angry with the system angry with each other lonely because you don't get to see your friends i haven't seen my friends who are in different parts of the country in so long and this was such a lonely scared year for me too you know but i i must say that one thing that's really kept me going is how much resilience my clients come with into session right they're like everything is terrible everything has has i i have no idea but i'm still willing to work on myself i'm like where is that courage coming from you know and and that's really really heartwarming and really exciting to engage with because now we know that everybody's in the same boat we're all struggling in one way or another but we're willing to put our heads together we're willing to do podcasts about it <laughs> you know right. that's great 
if you had told somebody in 1917 that the next time a pandemic is going to take over the world youngsters are going to come together to support each other over the internet and develop softwares for vulnerable sharing nobody would have believed you but look at us doing that now nitya also had some practical steps to share on how to survive times like these so i guess it's really to open ourselves out to each other and really vulnerably listen and be like okay what's troubling you and i know that we can't make it go away but i can listen to you and i can try my best to empathize with what you're what you're feeling i guess connecting with other human beings is one beautiful wonderful thing we can do and also to not forget what our routines were like i remember in the very beginning of the pandemic most of my clients who needed a routine for their mental health to remain in their grasp most of them complained about being unable to go to gym or being unable to go run because it was so important for them exercise for their mental health and they were like i i don't know what to do now so really to go back and and sit with oneself every day maybe even 5 minutes to write down what parts of my routine really helps me how do i morph it to fit to this current lifestyle that i'm temporarily going to lead and then how do i make sure that i don't let go of all of the wonderful things that made me a happier more engaged person and still continue to be socially distant and still continue to do these things so sort of extending that uh, into other areas one of you listeners had said that you're not able to draw boundaries between work and life so how can we be more present in our life outside work right because we seem to constantly have this process running at the back of our minds i think that is the one of the biggest things that has uh, come to the forefront because of the pandemic how incompetent most of us are in in separating our work and our life and how much we have made our work our life i think this is a good lesson to learn from the nordics and and from the germans on on really putting those boundaries i think it comes from learning to say strong no's and practicing those strong no's is to define a lot of things in our lives and to say okay my work day starts at 8 o'clock my work day ends at 5 o'clock post 5 o'clock i am not available on the phone to actually switch off your phone to actually convey this to your teammates they will not know that you are in thinking of work at 11 a.m. and you're also trying to feed your child they do not know it is important that we convey our boundaries to the people we work with to the bosses we work with and to say you know what post 5 o'clock everything that you sent to me is going to be in the email and i will check it at 8 o'clock in the morning it's it's also a cultural thing that we've allowed for things adjust maadi is is not just a bangalorean uh, slogan it's an india slogan so it's very important that we notice that work can be an infringement in our lives and we forget to live when we make work our full life easy way to do it is to set boundaries for self and enforce boundaries with self and with others and to just remind them kindly that hey it's my time with my family i'm unavailable i will only reach out to you at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning 
it doesn't it but but it requires us to do that and for a lot of us confrontation is hard communication is hard and it's easy for me to say but it's the question of if i say this to my boss will i lose my job will stay at the back of the mind for a lot of people yeah. right but it's important that employers also develop great systems and environments of functioning for their employees when you're a freelancer and you're also facing uh, or going through a mental health issue how does this affect the way you estimate your work let's say you think you'll give this to your client within a week and then you have 3 days where you can't get out of bed what do you do then it's really really tough but mm-hmm. at that time i remember i i had a client in fact at that time when i was going through a mm-hmm. lot and and they would just be like where is the work and i can't tell mm-hmm. them hey i'm going through this i can't you know it just yeah, seems like yeah. excuse right mm-hmm. and so they would be like okay please send us the work and i'm just like oh, i can't send the work and i'm struggling to do it and that that happened with that one client and then i had to take a step back and be like okay what am i doing wrong what can i do better to in consideration so the other thing is you can feel you can be in denial of what you're going through and say it's okay i can do it i can do it i can do it i can push myself mm-hmm. to do it the way mm-hmm. that i used to do it mm-hmm. uh that's also like not the best thing like don't try mm-hmm. to do that because because then you set yourself up self set yourself up for failure Right. Um right. that was Jerusha, a freelance illustrator and an art teacher who spoke to us about how her mental health struggle affected her creative work and how she handled it. Sometimes you just need somebody to push the send button. Wow. Um, so the email can be from yeah, the email can mm-hmm. be from your account of from like you can make a second account that says like, you know, your name at admin or whatever like whatever it is and mm-hmm. yeah if you're not comfortable giving them your account details but if they if you are comfortable then that that's something that helped me a lot like i could not type emails at that point or i type it and i just can't send it and so that helped me a lot to have somebody oh. who would just mm-hmm. press send for me and say it's done don't worry it's done mm-hmm. so that's that's one thing you can do a second thing is to assume that you will take double the time that you actually will take for a project yeah. so if you know that normally you take one week let's say to mm. to complete a project or let's say you take 10 mm. hours mm. tell the client that you will take i think one and a half times that amount of time actually mm. and say mm. hey i'm uh, don't even say normally i take one week just say this project will be done in two and a half weeks just mm. say that straight up yeah, yeah. so yeah. so then you're giving yourself room for okay if in case you don't want that to happen mm. but if it does happen you're mm. prepared to mm. give yourself that extra time and if mm. you do finish in that one week then that's a win for you you can send your project early and your client will be happy especially as freelancers you don't have like a designated boss that and that comes with its own host of ambiguities so one of the variables of freelancing is whether i'm going to get paid tomorrow and there's this constant anxiety uh, will we get paid will we get paid late will the client you know just reject the whole thing and that can just make us feel really out of control and especially at a time like this when it's difficult to get gigs how do we feel more in control mentally and emotionally when things are actually not in our control physically philosophically this is wonderful for me to say but practically what it means is that 
there is no way we can predict whether this client will pay us or not. We, there is no way I can predict whether tomorrow morning I can get a gig or not because those are not in my locus of control. But there are some things in my locus of control. I can predict whether I'm going to send 50 resumes out today or not. I can send, I can predict if I'm going to put my portfolio together well today or not. I can predict only my actions, my thoughts, the stuff that I do for myself. Only these are in my control. So by trying to control things that are not in my control, I'm actually going to put myself through a lot of stress. Because that's not going to happen in no universe. Can I be in control of whether this is going to be a, a, a wonderful client or a client from hell? <laughs> no idea, right? But what I can do is make sure that I'm part of enough forums where I can rely on other freelancers for support. Enough, like there are enough Facebook groups. 50 years ago, there was nothing. A freelancer had to do this all by themselves. But now it isn't like that. There are enough designers, artists, creators who will help each other out, who will say, hey, you know what? I, I got two extra gigs. Here's some for you. Maybe they'll teach you how to build better MOUs. Maybe they'll teach you how to enforce contracts better. Maybe now that you're all together, you would be able to see, okay, this is all of our problems. Here's how we're going to systematically deal with something. <clears throat> but I don't think it's possible at all or feasible to control things that are outside of our control. I can tell you that a routine will help with that, even for freelancers. Like you have to look for gigs, make three hours every day that is looking for gigs time. Make one hour every day, which is building my portfolio time. Make two hours every day, which is researching time. And then shut off. After that, it's my exercise time, it's my go play time, it's my dog time, it's my clean my wardrobe time. You can fit, fit in freelancing lifestyles and gig economies into this as well. In fact, like if, if you go through like forums of digital nomads, etc., the first thing they tell you is to like swallow your three frogs in the morning, which is do your three most difficult tasks first thing in the morning. So yeah, there is a method to the madness, if you are going to ask me. And the method helps with streamlining the, the flow and the creativity. I love Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And I recommend that to almost every artist creative that I know as a gift to me as well. It's a book that really made me realize that sometimes we romanticize as creatives. If we really romanticized an unhealthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. no, creativity can exist in discipline mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of artists also actually they draw draw mm -hmm. for themselves and then draw for work and mm -hmm. i it, there are times where i find that easy and times where that distinction is hard for me but mm -hmm. it's it is a good habit to be able to do that mm -hmm. i mean not necessarily just drawing but whatever else the creative habit is mm -hmm. um, to try and like demarcate between that without a set framework and boundaries on the amount and type of work we take up we're really setting ourselves up for burnout it did affect my work and it did affect the way in which I thought I could work mm. because one is so I was burnt out for a while and because mm. of that um, I like I had done so much creative work that I had I just couldn't do anything mm. for a long time and then not being able to work on the things that I enjoyed doing mm. like further kind of just uh, made this whole thing increase I think one is of course, there's this like creative blank where you're 
think trying to think of ideas but then you don't mm. or you have lots of ideas but you can't work on them Mm. so they're in your mind but mm. you can't mm. push yourself to do what you want to do because mm. you have this lack of motivation or like you you can't really get out of bed or you can't really mm. you know talk to people or mm. any of those things pushing yourself to keep going even when your mind and body need to rest can be really hard another aspect uh, to this that has become a craze thanks to the pandemic is upskilling so there's this whole upskill or die message that has been going around and it may be true that keeping up in your industry can help you stay relevant and maybe we now have a few extra hours since we don't have to travel to work but do we actually have the headspace for that is uh, something we need to ask ourselves right and it's also that there are so many options to choose from in a world where there are thousands of courses and options that promise to educate us we need to be really purposeful and selective in what we do decide to take up and that takes understanding our own needs and as well as how much time we have what's the mental capacity we have yeah. so i bet it is very important for us to recognize especially for our friends and colleagues the milestones that they are making in their lives and not to shove universal milestones on them and to be like okay it is the best thing that you could do yesterday was make yourself maggi congratulations day before yesterday you didn't eat you know this was great this is still a good move and to not judge them based on oh i made croissant yesterday <laughs> you know may, i i don't know i could i could maximum make maggi yesterday mm-hmm. so to really meet people in the place that they're at and not to put universal pressure points on them and some days if you want to curl up into a ball and cry that's okay mm-hmm. we are not productivity machines and we cannot come up with new new things every day and what are we going to do with the time that we do have control of it's really a struggle to stay focused in this always on world and there's this quote by mark mcginnis who's a creative coach which describes this quite well i think so he says i also have personal experience of the downside of the brave new world countless distractions and interruptions endless email pressure to keep up anxiety about falling behind difficulty concentrating excruciating repetitive strain injury from too much time at the keyboard and a nagging sense that my most important work was being left undone Wow, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of distractions, I also feel like it's so hard to be present in one place when you're expected to be present everywhere. These new everywheres are uh, digital spaces. Like like Mark said, the internet has really helped designers become more visible, but the flip side to that is that we are expected to be perpetually present on multiple platforms mm-hmm. and we're also expected to churn out pixel perfect work to put up on those platforms i don't think anyone in history ever had to deal with that like when you study art history these some of these painters they may have produced hundreds of paintings but they made one masterpiece or three masterpieces in their entire life okay mm-hmm. and but us we feel like we need to create everything we have to create it has to be a masterpiece because you have to put it on mm-hmm. social media right and you have to yes. you have to put yes. one post per day or you have to put 
I don't know, 10 posts per month, whatever, mm-hmm. according to your marketing mm-hmm. plan, according to your social mm-hmm. media strategy, whatever it is. And it's somehow mm-hmm. just now it's become a prerequisite for somebody in the creative field. If you are an illustrator, if you are a designer, get on Instagram because that's the only way people will see your work. Building a brand for yourself online and also posting often comes with its own expectations of having to engage with the community and all of this can be quite exhausting. Yeah, I guess we'll have to be intentional in what social media platforms we are present and the amount of time that we spend and why. I think that can go a long way. When you're on social media, unfollow people if you don't want to see it. It's okay, friends. It's okay if Mm -hmm. if you know them really well. If you don't want to see what's on their feed, it's completely fine. Just unfollow. So it does look like, you know, Marie Kondoing works even for social (laughs) media consumption. Does it spark joy? Well, the main question is, does it not swallow up all your time? (laughs) Or you have Netflix on your phone, on your computer, whatever it is, and you have so many to choose from. So mm. what happens is your all your energy is going on choosing things that shouldn't actually matter. So you have decision mm. fatigue. Every time you get an email, you have to make a decision, right? Mm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because we always talk about, oh yeah, we're going to have this digital future. But I feel like this year would have given people a glimpse into what that will be like. We've also heard from some listeners about how working remotely has been difficult to say the least, right? Working from home means taking more household responsibilities, which aren't exactly schedulable. And it also makes us think about what taking a break truly looks like. And when you're at work physically in the office, there are some serendipitous activities that you end up doing, like, you know, solving a crossword with your colleague or having that 10 minute chai break, which brought us together. We do have plenty of tools to ensure digital productivity. But what about these kind of serendipitous moments? How do we bring that into the digital world? Speaking of colleagues and the workplace, some of you also had questions about office politics and how that affects us as creatives. I, I personally think that as creatives, we tend to internalize these politics more so, and it really affects our ability to do quality work sometimes. So especially if you're working for a client and the client is being really toxic, Obviously, the best work is not going to come out of it because, you know, it's not about adding up stuff on a spreadsheet. It's about coming up with solutions to something. It's about creativity. So you just need that space to think. And so how can we better handle our emotions? Some things are easier said than done. That being said, are there toxic places? Yeah. Are there toxic people? Yeah. Uh, will they cease to exist? No. I think what is important to develop is how would I navigate this? And and I, I would place so much importance on the I because the answer is not true for everybody. There are some people who are very much affected by office politics. There are some people who are not. So it's really about finding out my particular style in the workplace what do i want to bring in what do i want to take back who do i want to engage with and how and why why i say that it's much more easier said than done is because like all of this is not something we don't know like all of us have read about this enough there is enough instagram posts saying you are valuable sister and like put yourself first 
but the how of putting ourselves first is a very difficult task because it requires pissing off people it requires putting harsh boundaries and harsh boundaries will mean that people who have been treating you like a doormat will no longer get to benefit from you anymore but i think a lot of that really comes from self work not comes from i'm going to solve this thing in the office and everything's going to be rosy it comes from a lot of okay this is what's working for me this is what's not working for me and to ask oneself okay is it worth it for me to bring this up with my team and my and my colleagues and some workplaces are super open to it right that they're, they're like okay bring up your issues and when people say bring up our issues some of us realize that we've never actually done it we've never actually gone up to our bosses and said this is not working for me yeah. we've just complained about it in our heads complained about it to our partners but we've never actually said this is not working for me these are my proposed solutions what can we do about it we haven't put our best out there Nitya also talks about going beyond office politics and building an ecosystem of support in the workplace instead. And it's hard. Corporate is not ready for it. <laughs> Clients aren't ready for it. It's easy for us to talk about it, but for an entire workforce to put productivity aside and say okay, it it matters to me what my employee is feeling or my, what my colleague is feeling and whether their daily life is influencing their work, it matters to me. is is a hard decision to take but we can take it for ourselves like we can say i'm going to ask my colleague every day if they're feeling okay and if there is any way i can support them i can offer that that's one little thing that i can do but in terms of like harassment i i do know that most often there is going to be so much alienation in the workplace is even if somebody complains to hr or 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 brings it up that people are going to look at that person badly or weirdly or with suspicion i think it's important as allies especially since the two of you are asking me to also stand up to that colleague and and to go up to them give them flowers and say hey congratulations on standing up to your abuser i'm really proud of you for doing so i don't think we're we're as generous with compliments and and love and 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 compassion as we are with with complaints the, the same thing that gives us community like you said the same thing that gives us support um is to also alienate some others sometimes so people feel like left out right yeah um, so and then we question ourselves is there something wrong with me is there something i have not accomplished yet that i am not part of this uh, club and sometimes it's about the the institutions you go to the places you work at the big companies that you work at coming back to how creatives we put ourselves into this right our whole identity sometimes is into whether i'm part of this group or not whether so and so knows my name or not this thing about communities versus cliques clubs i like i like that it has weightage behind that word it's there everywhere right like it's it's there everywhere there are niche organizations there are in groups and out groups and that's how all of human civilization functions it's really about finding out can we bridge the gap just enough for us to be civil with each other 
but it is not possible for everyone to belong everywhere it's not possible so it's important that while we question do i not belong there it's also important to question do i want to belong there is this something that my values also allow me to belong to and sometimes our time will come and it's just not now it doesn't mean that our work and our worth is not valuable because it's not been recognized by a club as a community we tend to talk so much about impact and how design is going to save the world right so it's frustrating that the solution to some of these most pressing issues lies with economists or politicians one of your listeners also told us this right about how you're feeling unable to contribute to the bigger issues in the world in a meaningful way and you feel like you know every day you go to work and you work on something and then you feel what's the real point of the exact thing i'm working on right now like there's so much pressure there on an individual to make impact while it's actually systemic impact that we should be more concerned about mm-hmm. our impacts personal impacts as individuals might be very very tiny but they may contribute to the sea of impact systematically so i think it's on one hand it's very important not to hold ourselves to super high standards there are very very few people in this world who are able to bring about large scale systemic impact it's okay for some of us to tag along and support their vision and it is not important that all of us need to become influencers all of us cannot be all of us have our own callings have our own skill sets have our own valuable meaning that we can provide to the world and that valuable meaning may come in a value that you teach your child and to say hey be more kinder to to the homeless people on the streets be more loving to a friend who is being bullying and and understand why they are or like reach out have a conversation i must say i would ask people why they would tie all of their worth to their work are they worthy even if they are not working or designing all the time and if human beings are inherently worthy then i bet we're already adding value we also forget the all important role art and design has in communication or in moving things forward right we usually think that design leadership is all about us taking the calls and making front page news but even something as simple as if i can make a better experience map for a product i can help non designers in my team see areas that they could not have seen otherwise and that is impact in its own right and sometimes not every type of impact can be quantified i love that and i also like that you mentioned quantifying because that ties in with how we measure our productivity as designers in part 2 of this episode we are going to talk more about how we relate to our work and measure our worth as creative people before we go we we'll, we we'll leave you with a few mindset tips think of yourself as your biggest asset and invest in yourself whether it's your skills your health or your mental peace think of your schedule and your way of working as a design problem so that you can design your own work style with experimentation and iteration 
understand your unique role as a designer and let that be your yardstick in moving you forward and remember that it's not a race hey listeners hope this episode left you feeling like you're not alone in this how have you been looking after yourself in 2020 dm us on instagram or twitter to share your thoughts the transcript for this episode along with the references and resources will be available on our blog designdota.com stay tuned for part 2 of this episode Until then, bye. bye.